coming up next on the Wet Fly Swing podcast. So we actually require that for the first two days of the retreat, there are no men present. Um, and so, but river helpers are essentially our guides and they come on Sunday for the fishing on the water day. And so finding river guides and fly fishing instructors are actually our easiest roles to fill uh, in terms of volunteers. So I guess to give you a candid answer, yeah, money's probably best. <laughs> That was Faye Nelson letting us know how you can make a difference for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. A huge nonprofit today and a huge cause we should all get involved with. Today on The Swing. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. Hey, how's it going today? Thank you for stopping by the show. It is Breast Cancer Awareness Month this month. Fairflies uh, has a special giveaway going on to support and raise awareness for breast cancer awareness. Right now at wetflyswing.com slash pink, uh, you have a chance to win some uh, Fairflies brushes, some Wasatch custom tools, and, uh, and a potential local guided trip. You can head over there right now, wetflyswing.com slash pink, and you get extra uh, bonus points and support by clicking through that link to uh, casting for recovery. Today's episode is sponsored by Drifthook, who has pre-packed fly assortments for every stage of your fly fishing journey. Each kit is organized by species and includes instructional videos and easy-to-follow guides. From Euronymphing to dry fly fishing, Drifthook takes the guesswork out of fly selection. Visit wetflyswing.com slash drifthook right now and use the promo code SWING at checkout to get 15% off your first order. That's drifthook, D-R-I-F-T-H-O-O-K. We're also sponsored by Togan's Fly Shop, providing superior quality products, great videos, and all sorts of goodness. You can head over to Togan's, an amazing resource for fly materials, tools, and accessories. Since 2005, Togan's has been over-delivering for everyone. Right now, if you head over to wetflyswing.com slash tokens, you can check out what they have going and support this podcast in one easy click. That's tokens, T-O-G-E-N-S. Faye Nelson takes us behind the scenes on casting for recovery. We find out how you can get involved in breast cancer awareness, where the 55 events this year are taking people around the country to and, uh, and what they have next coming up on the horizon. We also find out which trip Faye has on top of her list for her bucket list for uh, 2023. This one's pretty good. So without further ado, let's get into it. Faye Nelson from castingforrecovery.org. How's it going, Faye? Good. Thanks for having me, Dave. Yeah. Thanks for uh, jumping on here for a call. We're going to talk about uh, the Casting for Recovery, uh, a group organization that I've heard a lot about since I've been kind of in and around fly fishing, at least in the industry stuff. So we're going to dig into the history there, a little bit of the background, talk about what people can do to support this cause. It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month as well, so it's good timing there. Um, but before we jump into that, talk about I know you do a little bit of fly fishing. Tell me how you first, uh, did it come through Casting for Recovery or were you in it before that? No, I've, I've, I've dabbled in fly fishing before that. Um, I'm a native Montanan. And um, although I didn't grow up in a hunting or fishing family, um, I worked at a similar organization that used fly fishing as a tool to help heal prior to joining Casting for Recovery. So I really um, started getting more experience 
there at, at that time. And so, um, but you know, my kids are getting older and I'm finding that I have more time to get out on the river and practice. So nice. It's been great. Yeah. And, and now with, uh, well, we're going to dig into the casting for recovery, some of the programs you have going, uh, well, where are you at in Montana? Bozeman, Montana. We, um, casting for recovery, their headquarter offices started in Vermont 26 years ago, and we've been in Bozeman, uh, six or seven years, I think. Wow. That's crazy. 26 years ago. That seems like a huge amount of time. And, yeah. Well, let's talk about your position first. What is your current position there? Sure. I'm the chief executive officer. So like the executive director of the nonprofit. And um, at, at the end of this year, we've got, we've got about a month left of retreats to hold around the country. And by the end of that time, we will have served over 11,000 women. Wow, eleven thousand, and that's eleven thousand women that have been some way in through the program because the yeah. program doesn't. Um, well, anybody can come into it, but uh, the trips are something that not every right. There's a limit on how many trips you can do. Yeah, yeah. Any woman who has experienced breast cancer at any point in her life can apply. She does not have to be currently undergoing treatment or anything like that. And we have. 55 retreats all around the country that women can apply to attend. We require that they apply to the retreat that is closest to them geographically, only because we have so many people apply that we have to put some guardrails on it. So, for example, if a woman lives in Florida, she needs to apply to the retreat held in Florida. Um, and that way, that way, the most people in the vicinity um, can get served because our national average is that for every one person we're able to select and place in a retreat, there are two others that do not get selected. And so we really try to narrow that gap as much as we can. Gotcha. Okay. And 11,000 people, yeah, that sounds like a huge chunk. How does that look when you look overall from where you've been 26 years I mean, how do you, in your position, as you look out, um, like on growth and things like that, how do you know that you're doing a good job in either your position or as an organization? Yeah, that's a great question. I think when the organization started, they had one retreat a year or two retreats a year. And um, yeah, now we're holding 55 a year. Wow. And just that, uh, just that alone and, and the fact that more women apply than we can place every year speaks to the need. Um and, and to a certain extent, what we're doing well and what we're doing right, because the number one way that applicants hear about casting for recovery is from someone who has gone through it. And we consistently have a 100% um, metric every year we ask those that who have participated if they would recommend it to someone with breast cancer and 100% of the participants consistently year after year say yes to that question. Oh, wow. And in terms of the other ways we know we're successful, we do a post-retreat evaluation survey to the participants and we ask them questions that are, that are kind of like on the quality of life uh, spectrum in terms of, you know, do you feel like you expanded your network of support after attending the Casting for Recovery mm -hmm. Retreat? Do you Are you more inspired to incorporate outdoor activities in your day-to-day -day life after the retreat? 
did you learn something new about breast cancer um, and dealing with the emotional and or physical aspects of it? And those responses to all of those questions are, again, consistently very high, um, 95 to 100%. Wow, that's amazing. So, so yeah, everybody is... It sounds like, yeah, that's a lot of success there. We'll, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit more about the program, how it works as we get into it. But is the the person that comes, do they do most people have some experience around fly fishing, fishing or outdoors? Or are there some people that come in that are just have no connection at all and just maybe are referred from somebody else? I would say that most of the people that attend have at least done some classical fishing and um, uh, traditional fishing at some point in their life, but haven't done it for a long time, you know? Uh, And then, and then there are certainly a few that are attracted to the program because of the fly fishing aspect of it. Uh, But most folks have not fly fished before. Um, And yeah, so people come to the retreats for different reasons. Some is the outdoor aspect. Some is the fly fishing aspect. um, Some is the opportunity to be around other women who have that shared experience of breast cancer. So there's all sorts of different reasons that they, they attend. Uh, 70% of the people who apply to our programs have never attended a traditional support group. And I think they're, drawn to a program like Casting for Recovery because they don't see it as a support group. They see it as, you know, a chance to be outdoors. It's free. It's a respite away from the day-to-day struggles and day-to-day life. And and although we don't run a clinical support group, we do have opportunities to connect with other women and talk about um, the physical and emotional aspects of breast cancer. And so they, they come out of it realizing, Oh, I didn't realize that I needed um, to share or listen as, as much as I did. And so we're, we're happy to be able to provide that opportunity. Wow. Are there, I mean, I know right now it's breast cancer is October is always breast cancer awareness month. This is kind of, how does that look with what you have going? Is this kind of a different month? Are you doing different things or? Yeah, it's, It's really a time for us to collaborate with so many of our partners, and we have such an amazing array of partners, particularly in the fly fishing industry and outdoor recreation industry. So um, most of them produce goods, and it's an opportunity for them to promote kind of like a specialty item. Um, For example, during the month of October, St. Croix Rods actually designed a um, traditional spinning rod and um, made it pink, called it the Triumph Rod. They made 500 of them only, sold them for $150 each. Casting for Recovery received $100 of each rod sold, and they sold out in less than four hours on October 1st. (laughs) Wow. And um, we just have tons of other people that do things like that from Yeti to Yakota to Damselfly to all, all sorts of folks, Orvis, Sims, um, you name it. So it's really an opportunity for us to showcase those partnerships and raise some funds and, um, you know, reach out. We kind of have, you know, a two pillar organization. One is fly fishing and one is breast cancer. And so it's an opportunity to, like you said, increase awareness about um, breast cancer and how it affects so many women. Wow. And that is great. And is that with these groups, is this um, like if somebody's listening now, if they wanted to get involved, maybe either they have a company or they're just an individual, what would you recommend? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, info at castingforrecovery.org. Uh, we, we love to hear those thoughts and ideas, and it doesn't have to be restricted to the month of October. Um, we, you know, our bandwidth is fairly small. We have a fairly small staff. So there are some promotional opportunities that we unfortunately have to pass on, but others we're, we're really happy to consider. So uh, please let us know. Oh, that's awesome. No, and I, I was trying to brainstorm, you know, this is good timing because this month we're going to have this is going to go out, you know, uh, I guess next week or so. So it's going to be in October. And I was trying to think like, what could we do? You know, and I was talking to one of the the brands we work with and we're kind of talking behind the you know, scenes like, okay, what, what's something we can do to help promote that? And I really, it sounds like there's all sorts of ideas, just anything to really get the word, even if that's, if you're letting maybe one person know or, or a thousand people, it probably, it all helps, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for that opportunity. And we, we do have an event um, coming up. This is the first time we've done it in Breast Cancer Awareness Month. It's called Cast One Home Waters. And it's an opportunity for everyone to fish during the week of October 15th to 21st, upload your photos. Uh, we have four amazing categories like um, best fishing day vibe photo and most unique catch photo and um, some tremendous judges from around the country that are going to judge all those photos from the catch photo release tournament. Um, the judges include Alvin Dido, Jerry Meyer, Erica Nelson, Enrico Puglisi, mm -hmm. um, Katie Kahn. And um, so they're going to pick the best photos and each uh, winner in that category will win some Yeti prizes. And then we also have a virtual live auction that people can tune into and we're auctioning off trips to Alaska and the Driftless region and um, even some non-fishing items too, like a bird dog puppy. So um, oh, wow. if you all are interested <laughs> in that, Sounds on pretty October nice. 22nd, you can tune in from wherever you are. Oh, cool. And what's the what's the venue on October 22nd? Is that going to be like a, a live Facebook Live or something like that? It's not Facebook Live. We use a platform called Event Gives. Um, so it, anyone with internet uh, can watch it on their phone and or, or desktop or what have you. Oh, okay. So this is good. I love, uh, I love the events. I love hearing what you have going. And I know there's going to be some things we can't touch on everything. But what would be the best way to break this down? It sounds like the events where you have the 55 in-person events are cool. Maybe let's talk about this. If there is somebody listening now, a, uh, you know, female angler or whatever, just somebody who was interested in either getting involved or getting somebody that they know involved, what, what would be this? What's the first steps? And then talk through after that first steps, what that looks like going through the program. Yeah. Well, casting for recovery is absolutely based on a huge volunteer <laughs> labor force. Um, we have, about 1,800 volunteers a year that actually put on the retreats uh, on the ground, usually in their local communities. And so on our website is a, a drop-down menu of how to get involved, and there's a volunteer application there, and it lists all the different kinds of volunteer roles we have. Um, and someone does not have to be um, an avid angler in order to participate. We certainly do have casting instructors and river helpers that of course must have that experience. We also have um, fly fishing instructors that will go into teaching knots and entomology and what you need to know about equipment and gear and safety and that type of thing. But we also have volunteer roles such as hospitality and coordinating with the participants and medical and psychosocial facilitators 
and so on. So there's there's lots of opportunities to get involved um, in, in one's local area. Today's episode is sponsored by Range Meal Bars, producing great bars for your next outdoor journey, created and produced by passionate outdoor enthusiasts. And if you know me, you know that I love a good bar. I've uh, I've tried and tested all of them. There's some that you just kind of taste and they're like, eh, that thing didn't really pack a punch. There's some that you taste and like, man, that thing really doesn't taste good. And uh, and then there's some that have both of those and, uh, and then some that go over the top. Uh, range goes over the top. Their bars are packed with 700 calories, which is like a legitimate full-size meal in your pocket. They taste great. Um, it's just the thing you need. I always find that, I don't know if it's like low blood sugar or whatever I have, but occasionally if I get a little hungry, I can kind of get, um, uh, I don't know, a little ticked off out there. So that's why I always keep a bar and this range bar is what keeps me going strong. I've always got it in my pack, in my sling, uh, in the boat, in the car door. Uh, I've always got it going. They currently have two flavors, chocolate coffee and molasses ginger sea salt. And I can tell you what, that molasses ginger sea salt is my favorite right now. You can check them out by heading over to range. That's wetflyswing.com slash range, R-A-N-G-E, range meal bars. You won't go back to the normal bar. Okay, back to the show. So it sounds like the volunteering is like a lot of these things is maybe equally as donating money. Uh, In some cases, maybe even better having that help. Is that kind of how that looks? Absolutely. Absolutely. We have um, some volunteer roles that are kind of year round a few hours a month. And then we have some that are just specific to the three days that we host that retreat or the week leading up to that retreat. And so there's there's something for everyone, really. Nice. Okay. So and then how does that look? So once somebody gets involved and or say the you know, you talk to somebody and they want to get involved, what what are the next steps from there? Do they is the retreat, is that the next thing? Or what if somebody doesn't go on the retreat? What else could they be benefiting from? Do you have other events? Um, yeah. Are you talking about just in, in general or people with breast cancer in terms of Yeah, people with breast cancer or that's oh, been sure. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, most of our volunteers are alumni of our program, which okay. I think also speaks to um, how effective it is, and and they want to give back and and stay involved. And so there's lots of ways people like that can stay involved, and that and that does continue to benefit them on their cancer journey of recovery. You know. Um, so that in and of itself is one way. And then we also have some resources on our webpage um, for breast cancer support. We list a lot of other organizations that provide uh, maybe something different. Um, for example, we don't casting for recovery doesn't provide financial assistance um, mm-hmm. to people going through treatment, but there are some other organizations that do. Uh, we also have established something called our pink fly club. The pink fly is our logo. And uh, the pink fly club is specifically for our alumni. And um, anyone can really access it. It's on our website. And so we do webinars there. And some of them are like fly fishing refreshers. Uh, Some of them are mindfulness and nature. Some of them are nutrition based around cancer, etc. So so we we have some of that material there as well. Gotcha. Okay. So you got material on the website, you have your event. Yeah. You have a lot going on. Then you have, of course, the other groups. There are other groups out there that are providing financial assistance, things like that. Um, 
So this is a good little a little snapshot of what it looks like. Take us back. Can you go back into? I know the the history a little bit of it. I think was it a, a breast cancer surgeon um, yeah. and a fly angler? Or can you tell that story of how this thing got started? Twenty. Yeah. Or I'm not sure if it was twenty six years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two two women were fishing together. One was a guide, and one was a breast cancer surgeon, a breast reconstruction. Mm. surgeon and um they were fishing together and the surgeon realized what great physical therapy the motion of casting is for anyone that's had any radiation or surgery on their side pectorals armpits anything like that and um so that's where the idea came from amazing that's where the idea came from and so of course we're still providing that um physical therapy by teaching people the motion of casting and learning how to fly fish, but it's blossomed into so much more than that. Because like I said earlier, a lot of our participants are well beyond that surgery or have not had that surgery, but they're taking advantage of the other benefits fly fishing provides in terms of that mindfulness on the water mm -hmm. um, and just the, the power of nature, you know? Right, man, this is, yeah. I mean, it makes total sense when you say it now, but that just totally hits home is it? yeah, obviously there's a physical thing out there of actually getting some movement in the joints and then there's the mindfulness and just being outdoors. And so that's it. I was going to ask you that, like, how does fly fishing, but it literally both physically and mentally helps people that have been, that have gone through this. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the peer support aspect of it too, which um, I think is a critical pillar of it as well. That's right. That's right. Wow. This is really cool. And you must have um, lots of stories, probably a lot of stories you can't share. But I mean, are there anything when you look back at, you know, how, and you've been there a little while, I'm not sure the time frame there, but how does that look? I mean, everybody's got their own different journey right through it. But um, yeah. is that what, what keeps you going? I mean, is it the stories of, I mean, you know, it seems like I, I guess there'd be challenges, right? Because it is, there are some things that happen, right? Where you don't, it's not all positive. Yeah. I mean, um, one of the things that we do on the retreat is we have one hour dedicated to medical education. And so we have a medical professional that has oncology experience leading a one hour discussion about questions that they may not want to ask their primary care provider for whatever reason. Um, and there, you know, there's a lot of intimate private details that go along with breast cancer and, um, those get shared at, at this, um, in this environment, just because, you know, they know they're surrounded by other women who may have the same question. And, right. and then we also have an hour dedicated, uh, to the more emotional aspects. And that's led by a psych social facilitator that also has experience with, uh, oncology and survivors and thrivers. And so those are all really beneficial conversations that the participants also get out of the retreats. And gosh, we've seen everything on the spectrum. You know, we've seen someone who um, is still really angry and doesn't want to talk about anything and hasn't gotten over that angerness and bitter stage yet. Uh, they're early in their treatment. Um, but then we've seen people also come around and say, you know, truly this weekend changed my life. And, um, you know, and then there's everything in between too. And, you know, it's the start of a love of a fly fishing journey for many. 
Um, you know, many others don't continue fly fishing and it's not our goal necessarily to turn everyone into an angler, but no. for them to observe how they might be able to replicate that feeling they get from being outdoors at our retreat, um, to whatever, you know, fits their need. But man, we've had a lot of people turn into really, um, fanatical anglers. That's cool. That's yeah. that's it. I mean, that's anybody that's fly fish before a lot of people, you know, you do it. Yeah, it's more than just the fishing. It's more than the catching of the fish. It's the being outdoors and like everything we're talking about here. So it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, and I think one of the things that Casting for Recovery retreats do for people is um, give them a little bit of knowledge. I mean, it's only a three-day retreat, but enough knowledge to where if they did want to continue with fly fishing, they would not feel as intimidated walking into a fly shop and asking questions than they would have perhaps not going to a retreat. Um, and so, you know, they, they understand some of the basics and they're empowered to reach out to their community of fly shops and TU chapters and things like that. And, um, and in fact, Trout Unlimited gives a annual membership to every participant that Casting for Recovery um, has go through our program. So we're, we're proud to say that we're also inspiring new group of conservationists as well. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And TU is another great group, obviously doing great stuff out there. This is good. So let's take it back to you. So we talked a little bit about you getting going. So talk about that a little bit on your, your journey. What's that look like for you from just kind of career wise? how do you find yourself uh, at the point where you are and what were you doing before this? Yeah. Well, I grew up in Bozeman, Montana and uh, left for college, jumped around and spent most of my 20 years, first 20 years of my career in a variety of different nonprofits, um, fundraising and administration and management. And uh, let's see, I want to say just about 10 years ago, I joined an organization called Warriors in Quiet Waters. They're also based here in Bozeman, and they serve the nation's post 9-11 combat mm. veterans through fly fishing. And um, that was just a tremendous experience and, and opened my eyes to how much healing can be done with, with fly fishing. And after six years there, I was, you know, just ready for a new challenge, I guess. And, and there was a transition in the leadership here at Casting for Recovery. And, you know, to me, the fact that it empowers women and takes advantage of the the outdoors and getting people outdoors and um, protecting the outdoors is those are the two things that really spoke to me and and you know just makes me know that this is where I'm supposed to be. Right. So when you compare it to the other the warriors, which sound these sound like all great groups, this one does it feel like it just resonates more um, with kind of you yourself than, than the other things, or is it is there a lot of similarities? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think the fact that we serve women and most of our volunteers are women and um, one in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer at one point in their life, that wow. directly affects me. And and although I have veterans in my family and um, grew to really, really appreciate some of the sacrifices made by that group of folks. I mean, they, they're both, they're all wonderful. They're all wonderful. I just, I just really yeah. feel like I'm at home now. Yeah. 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 Well, what, what's the, uh, so the group there I'd imagine, uh, with 55, uh, and you got a lot of volunteers, but is there, what, what's the team? What is the permanent staff? Is that a pretty small or big staff there? 
Yeah, we call that our national staff. And so these are the paid employees of the organization. And right now we have 13 uh -huh. and they're all over the country. So we were a remote staff even before COVID hit. Um, there are only a couple of us here in Bozeman and our office in Bozeman consists of a ton of racks full of waiters and boots. And it looks pretty much like a <laughs> warehouse because it is. And so what we do here in the Bozeman office is, um, you know, a couple weeks before a retreat, we box everything up to ship out to that retreat in terms of the waiters and boots um, and the appropriate sizes for the participants who have been selected, um, rods, reels, if they need them, knot tying kits, uh, some gifts for the participants, first aid kits, um, you know, all that, all that stuff. And, um, and then we receive those here as well. And I've actually got my eye on some boots that are drying out in the sunshine right now. I got to remember to go get those, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You probably have a lot of, you're at Bozeman. So that's Sims, right? You got a lot of, is that the Sims headquarters? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, so we have staff that really our our mission is to support our volunteers out on the ground. So we, we do a lot of the admin stuff in terms of running the website and receiving the application forms, both for volunteers and staff and doing the selections, um, you know, carrying the insurance, registering for charitable state registration laws, uh, doing all the accounting for the organization and all the programs. So um, some fundraising, et cetera. So that's what the 13 uh, staff do. Gotcha. Yeah. So you're doing a lot of the, a lot of, I mean, but you, I'd imagine this, some of the staff are getting out um, like out in the, on the water on these trips sort of thing on the retreats. Yeah. Yeah. We have, so we have, we've kind of divide the country into four regions and we have four regional program officers, um, four regional program managers. So they're on staff and they each take kind of like a quadrant of the United States and um, they manage the volunteer teams in those areas. So they provide a lot of volunteer training and support and help with budgeting and fundraising. And, and they're really the primary contacts for um, those those volunteers running the, the programs on the ground. And we actually have an opening coming up for a Southern regional program oh, there you go. manager. So if uh, anyone is interested in a really rewarding and fun career involving fly fishing um, and lives somewhere in the Tennessee part of somewhere the down there. <laughs> yeah. Any of that would be great. Um, yeah. we would love to hire that person by the end of this year. So, um, they can reach out to me oh, at, good. The, at the info at email address I gave out earlier. Yeah. Okay. And I'll put a link in the show notes to that. So, uh, yeah. maybe we'll send you, uh, but we have a, you know, we have definitely some, uh, we have a mix uh, in our listenership. You know, we have a lot more men than women, but that's, sure. that's why I love doing these episodes because I think it doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman. I mean, that breast cancer is like, you know, everybody supports that, you know, it's like, and I don't know, I'm, you know, obviously not a doctor, but it seems like just cancer is that still that one thing that's just, it's the crazy um, thing that nobody has a cure for. Yeah. Um, there's some things you can do. Do you see any of that? Do you guys dig into any of the research there? Is there funding going towards any of that? Or is you more focused on the people and helping them just recover? Yeah, we're strictly a survivorship program. 
And so we don't uh, do any research. We try to stay on top of, you know, trends and new discoveries so that we can um, tell our constituency about them. Um, Mm -hmm. But, but, you know, we can only scratch the surface there and stay focused on our mission at the same time. So, um, and there's some terrific things. I mean, treatments for breast cancer have come such a long way. So there's actually going to be, you know, more and more people surviving this disease and therefore more and more people needing a program like ours. Today's episode is sponsored by Fishhound Expeditions, putting together these remote, amazing Alaskan trips for that trip of a lifetime. This is not your typical uh, lodge-style trip driving in somewhere. These are remote Alaskan trips where you're going to be on the river floating, multi-day trips, campfires, um, northern lights. They got it all. We were recently on a trip here a couple of weeks ago now, and it was one of those trips that just you kind of keep thinking about when you get home. You're like, man, did we really just do that trip up in the middle of Alaska, had bears uh, all around us, had, like I said, northern lights, had great food. We were just floating down each day on the river catching fish, big rainbows, uh, salmon, uh, char. If you haven't caught some of these fish, some of these nice dolly vardens are pretty amazing and uh, grayling. They got it all. So if you want to check out Fishhound right now, this is your chance to get that trip of a lifetime up to Alaska in. Wetflyswing.com slash fishhound is the best way to check it out right now. You can connect with Adam and his crew, Will, Cam, and everybody out there. And, uh, and you can let him know that you came from the Wet Fly Swing podcast. Check it out right now, wetflyswing.com slash fishhound. You support this podcast and a great company by checking out Fishhound right now. Okay, back to the show. Well, I, I think, um, you know, I wanted to, like I said, the start kind of touch on a few of the highlights here. Uh, it seems like, I mean, what are the challenges for you, you know, as in your position, right, as, as CEO to, you know, and I'm not sure exactly what your, you know, the mission is and the kind of the vision, but when you look out, do you see big challenges still ahead or does that roadmap look pretty clear to you? I think one of the biggest challenges we're grappling with right now is how do we grow? Um with the model that we have, uh, we just have some absolutely tremendous volunteers, uh, but their bandwidth is limited too. So if we were to say, okay, um, Minnesota, your program needs to double and you need to have two retreats. I mean, they're, most of our volunteers are still working. They have children or parents to take care of. Obviously everybody has their own stuff going on. Right. So we've been struggling with growth and how to narrow that, um, gap I mentioned earlier that uh, for every three people that apply to our program, only one can be placed. Um, That's a national average. That's not, that's not an average for all of our programs, but it's just the national average. So, so we're struggling with our, our model and our funding methodology there. Like what, what could be more efficient? What could be more sustainable? Um, That type of thing. So we we're focusing a lot on strategic planning and that vision and that type of thing. And, and I know there's solutions out there. We just, we've got a, we've got a lot of constituents to, um, involve in that conversation. You know, we've got to involve our participants in that. We need to involve our volunteers in that. We need to involve our donors in that conversation as well. So, um, it's a good challenge though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't just, yeah, it's not, you have 13 full-time staff. It's not like you can just double the staff and just bring on 13 more people and say, okay, we're going to serve more, 
you've got to have money coming in, right? And mm-hmm. but do you look at that as that that is the one step is just bringing on more permanent staff, and is that kind of one of those goals? Yeah, that's certainly that's certainly one alternative that we could look at. I mean, almost everything we do in terms of wanting to support our local on the ground programs more comes back to funding at the national level and bandwidth at the national level, human resources, et cetera. So, um, and whether that's paid staff actually leading programs or just more back end support staff like we have now, um, you know, it all comes back to money and people and time. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Okay. Yeah. And you mentioned a couple other programs out there. What would be some of those other programs that you maybe uh, coordinate with or they're doing other things in around breast cancer or just even cancer awareness? Yeah. Um, let's see. We've done something with um, boarding for breast cancer. Um, they're a snowboarding organization. Oh, yeah. And I think Yeti is actually doing a promo this month for casting for recovery and boarding for breast cancer. So They've been an organization we've partnered with before. Um, We have, let's see, some nice funding relationships with organizations like Pink Aid and Live Strong, um, a a number of other organizations like that. We've done some specialty retreats before. For example, last year and this year in response to the COVID pandemic, we did a retreat specifically for women who have been affected by breast cancer and are also healthcare workers um, because they got hit so hard this last couple of years. And we've done a specialty young women's retreat for women under 40, have some unique challenges facing cancer. And we've done um, military, we've partnered with Project Healing Waters before and done a military retreat. So lots of opportunity out there. Uh, right. We just have to do our best to focus as well. So it's um, it's always a balancing act. But Yeah, it seems like that's, and we've had a few of these episodes. We had one, um, Fishing for Life is another organization doing good stuff out there. And that, that's the challenge is that I think there's a lot of people that come in with ideas like, hey, we'd like a program out here, but you got to ha- support that program, right? You can't just bring on, you know, kind of do it half-assed or whatever, right? So that's mm-hmm. probably, do you get that a lot where there are people you see a need, people are interested and, but you just don't have the capacity to help, you know, maybe create a new program. Yeah. All the time. And, and, you know, you asked earlier, what's one of the hardest things about my job and it's, it's that, you know, it's just like limitations on time and bandwidth and, and we want to focus and we want to remain niche and, um, I guess pleasing all the people all the time is probably one of the hardest parts of the job, but, um, yeah. Gosh, it's just, it's such an awesome community to be a part of. There are so many passionate, dedicated people. It's just, it's just amazing. Yeah, it is nice. So, so just touch on the retreats real quick. Talk about that. Do you have out of the 55? I mean, it's amazing. That's a lot of places. Are these spread out throughout the country? A little bit of everything? You got a little trout? Like, talk about that. Are these, is there a mix? Are there like river trips, lodges, things like that? Yeah. um, Some of the retreats are um, held at, at lodges, some are held at more like a B and B or, you know, like a church retreat center or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, we, we strive to find places where our group is the only group there for the days that we're there. So we have that kind of privacy. Um, but sometimes that's not possible. And, um, 
Let's see. What else? I think we're, I think we have programs in 41 different States. Oh, wow. Um, women who live in States in which we don't have a program are still eligible to apply. So for example, we don't have a program running in Missouri right now, but mm -hmm. if someone in Missouri wanted to apply, they would just apply to the Iowa or Nebraska or um, Arkansas program because those are the closest ones nearby. Gotcha. And, and yeah, most of, most of them are fishing for trout. Um, but of course, you know, we're, we're all over. So there's lots of, lots of different species. Yeah. Any, any salt, any salt trips or anything out or is it mostly in the country? No, no. Even our Florida program is actually on a river. Oh, it is. Inland, it, yeah. Why is that just because it's easier? Uh, or why is that? I think, you know, we, we limit the availability to, we don't, we don't have a lot of boat programs. Um, mm -hmm. so most of our programs are, walk waiting or, um, waiting. And we have a couple that are, that are out on boats, but it just adds another level of, you know, liability and oh, things right. like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Well, I think, uh, you know, I think this has given me, I mean, uh, a good, you know, kind of a overview, anything else we're missing here you want to touch on as far as, you know, just what you do, what people can do to help out, or it seems like you just direct people to the website and they can kind of touch base. Is that about it? Yeah. Yeah. We've got Facebook pages and Instagram pages and our website has a lot of information on it as well. So, um, I think I've, I think I've touched on just about everything. Okay. All right. Perfect. Are you, I got a couple of random questions before we get out of here and, uh, and this, this will just take a few minutes. Uh, I'm always curious on the podcasting. I'm not sure if you've done any of these or I know there's been a number of casting for recovery, but are, do you listen to podcasts? Are you more podcasting or music? What do you listen to? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> it's such a different age for me. Like I, yeah. I used to be someone that I like, I was always listening to music, always, 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 always listening to something. But now I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm getting older. I can only focus so much. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I seriously don't listen to as many podcasts as I would like, unless I'm on a road trip. So road trips, okay. I'm definitely listening to. Yeah. Gotcha. So if you're going on a road trip, uh, you know, before the end of the summer, or I guess it is the end of the summer, it still feels like where we're at, it feels like it's still summertime, but uh, yeah. be before wintertime, what would you be plugging in there? What would you be listening to on a long road trip for a podcast? Um, let's see. I do like some of the, the murder mystery. Um, oh, yeah you know, craze. Nice. Uh -huh. uh, I'm not, I'm not as into it as I know so many people are, oh, yeah. but, um, that's good stuff. I like, I like listening to some of the things that Anderson Cooper has put out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anderson, um, yep. Brene Brown, uh, -huh. uh, those type of stories. Um, yeah. gosh, so many, there's so many good ones out there. This is so good. I always love doing this because I'm like a podcast freak too. So these yeah. just give me a couple of, uh, I know uh, we have Brene Brown and Anderson Cooper. Yeah, the murder mysteries I haven't quite got into yet. I'm sure probably if I started, I'd probably like totally yeah. get into it. But it's and I, and I just like the one on one interviews. I like uh, WTF. Oh Mark yeah, Maron. yeah, Mark Maron. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely a good one. Yep, he's. Uh, I just listened. Have you heard of? Um, I've talked about this one before, but the uh, Smartless podcast. I've heard about it. I haven't listened to it yet. Yeah. It's just the three guys, like three, you know, Bateman and, you know. Yes. But, oh, I have listened. I have yeah. listened to a couple episodes. 
yeah, totally. So it's it's fun. Those guys are funny, but they had. I always listen to those ones more, and even like some of the other guy joke bigger ones. It's just more if they have a guest on that I'm super interested in, then I'll listen to it. Yeah. And a lot of times, if not, then maybe I won't. So I'm more interested in the, the bigger guests, but. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. This is uh, this is good. All right. So I got a couple. I'm gonna have to check out Anderson. I forgot he had a podcast. And uh, and so tell me what would be your trip if like the bucket list trip, right? So you you have one trip you're gonna go on, you know, in the next year or say five years, something like that. Do you yeah. have a, a trip or a place or it sounds like maybe it's in this country or, or do you think other places outside of the country? Well, definitely. I love to travel internationally, but one place that I have not been in the United States is Alaska. And I really, that yeah. truly is on my bucket list. And, um, we've, we've got a live auction item for, uh, some guided fishing on the Kenai up there. And I'm thinking I might have to bid on that because I, I oh, really, yeah. it's super fun to fish up there. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do it. I, I, uh, it's been a long time since I've been up there, but I was just lucky enough one of our sponsors, uh, Fish Hound Expeditions, they, I went up there on a trip, uh, kind of a promo deal. Uh, and yeah, it was amazing. It's just, yeah, there's something about it. It was cold, you know, it was a little colder yeah. than it is, but you know, you're sitting there and the Northern lights popped out, you know what I mean? And, and then it's just, it's Alaska. You just never know. Yeah. It's like, that's what you go there for the extreme. And those people up there, like right now it's where I'm at, I mean, it's still 80 degrees. And I think right now it, it's not even above freezing anymore where we were just at like a week ago. Yeah. It fall happens really fast. Up there. It happens fast. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I definitely cool. Well, okay. So you got Alaska on your, on your bucket list and well, I think, uh, I'm going to, if anybody has questions and I'm going to do a little promo deal, like a uh, promo, like I said, I'm going to figure out, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but I think I'm going to create a way to either, um, maybe generate a little bit of uh, income for you guys. And maybe next year, I think for sure, I'm going to build up to something better so we can actually be okay. prepared for this. So maybe I'll hit you up as we, as we move forward so I can make sure to have something good. Um, yeah. You know, maybe we'll have a product by then and we can touch base with on that. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, so, thank you. Yeah, thanks for all your time. Um, I will, uh, like we said, uh, castingforrecovery.org. Uh, I'll put a, a couple links to some of the podcasts I know other staff members have done. There's been a bunch of them out there. And I, uh -huh. um, I hope today we maybe touched on something unique. I, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's hard because it's, uh, it's, you know, you. I think there's so much information out there, but I think for some of us that are maybe new to it, they, we have a better understanding. So, um, yeah. we'll send everybody out to Casting for Recovery, and thanks for all your time today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So there it is. Feels good to get back on track. Feels good to get these things rolling. If you want to uh, get back on track and uh, get more of the information from this episode, wetflyswing.com slash 375. 375 is the best way to track down some of the stuff we talked about. If you're on the go, maybe you're running, uh, you know, maybe you're walking, maybe you're out there and you can't check that out right now. It'll be there right in the bottom. There's a little link you can click and it'll click you over to check it out. Reminder, Breast Cancer Awareness Month is, is right now. Uh, show your support for breast cancer awareness by checking out uh, the link we have, wetflyswing.com slash pink. Get a chance to support breast cancer awareness and win some fly tying tools, materials, and a local fly fishing trip. This is the best way to do it. And you can support casting for recovery in one shop. That's wetflyswing.com slash pink. Quick listener shout out before we get out of here. Uh, Frank at FB Fly Tying on Instagram. If you haven't checked out Frank, go over there right now and say hey to Frank. Frank noted the Brian Nisk episode, which was a very good one. I'm getting a bunch of feedback on that episode. Brian um, took us into the Skeena Basin, kind of a main stem look at fishing the Skeena. 
We talked about some of the gear they use, some of the smaller, shorter gear, and, uh, and a lot of people really resonated with that one. So I want to say thanks, Frank, for checking in and letting me know you enjoyed that episode. I'd love to hear from you. If you have an episode you want to hear, if you have enjoyed an episode or just haven't checked in with me yet or haven't checked with me for a while yet, this is your chance. Send me a message, Dave, at wetflyswing.com or on social media, wetflyswing, anywhere on social. We'll get you there, and that's the easiest way to, uh, to say, hey, I'd love to hear from you. We've got an amazing giveaway starting next week on Monday. Um, big one. We're heading up to uh, the Alaska trip, which I mentioned you might be heading up to Alaska. We're doing a giveaway for this trip uh, for for a chance to get up to remote Alaska and do some of this uh, rainbow fishing. Uh, it's going to be launching on Monday, and this thing's going to be a quick one. It's only going to be open for about a week. So uh, make a note to follow up on Monday. Get your name in the hat for a chance to win that giveaway and uh, and get in on it. Hope you're having a good day. I hope to maybe, hope to maybe see you. And I hope you are having a good afternoon, a great evening, or if it's morning, I hope you're having a great morning and a great rest of the day. Thank you for your support. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com.